Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come on and fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Hi there, Michael again on LTR Radio Our website, www.letstravelradio.com And today we're in Africa Yes, Africa And may I just so, so state it is the second largest continent after Asia, covering 11.7 million square miles. That's more than 20% of the world's total landmass. It's the second largest in population. Huh, yep. Uh, would you believe 1.26 billion people live there? It, and it owns up to about 125 to 3,000 languages. Yeah, Lagos, Nigeria is the largest, and there are 54 countries in Africa. Did you know the world's largest river, the Nile, 4,100 miles? The world's largest desert, the Sahara, the size of the U.S. Huh? The world's highest waterfall, Victoria, measures 355 feet up. You'll find the world's fastest land animals here, Cheetahs, lions, gazelles, the African elephant is the world's largest living land animal. The gorilla is the world's largest primate. And the Nile crocodile is the world's largest reptile. Over 11,000 species of mammals, over 2,600 species of birds. You get the picture. Africa has an enormous mineral wealth, fossil fuels, metallic ores, precious metals, and an abundant diversity of biological resources. Settled by the Dutch, the British, the French, colonized by Germany, Italy, even back to the 15th century, the Arabs settled here, North Africa. It's a continent of itself of enormous influence, and it is a cultural hub, traditions far beyond, bordered by the Atlantic in the west, the Mediterranean in the north, the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean in the east, and by a confluence of the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean in the south. Africa is no longer the dark continent, but so infused with a strong tradition in art, music, dance, fashion, food, and of course, tourism. Where do we start? Well, today we've got a whole bevy of guests and some of the most unique travelers around the planet, they're here with us today, and we're going to introduce them just shortly. And first to my left is the Director of Tourism for the African Tourism Association. Take a moment, introduce yourself, and we'll get started. Okay, you're on. This is Naledi Kahobi. Ah. She is the director for the African, or ATA, Travel Association. What do you think? Is Africa a destination to be discovered or rediscovered? I think it's a bit of both. I think for those who are unfamiliar, it's a destination of discovery. But because the Africa has so much diverse offerings, it's also a continent for rediscovery as well. I think traditionally when people think about Africa, they do from in a tourism context, they think about the wildlife, which is natural because that's really what's been promoted 
Um, however, there's so much by way of culture, whether we're talking about food, fashion, art, music, and you're seeing that movement, I think also because um, platforms have changed. So we're reaching audiences in a different way. So they're getting exposed to whether it's Afrobeats, whether it's African designers, um, you know, f- food wars and the things like that. So that's peaking interest. So I think that we're going to see a shift in terms of uh, you know, masses of travelers going to, you know, East Asia and the like, or to, you know, you see there was the move, the Dubai movement, and you're going to see more and more, especially from the diaspora of interest going to the continent. Hmm. As a member of the ATA, you get to see a lot of Africa in motion. Where are most of the movements going to? Are they going to South Africa, North Africa? East? I, well, I think... Unfortunately, actually, if you look at the global numbers, um, Africa as a continent only has about 5% of the global tourism receipts. And so what happens is that number has been fairly static over the last few years, and there's just shifts between the countries. So as one country increases, it tends to be at the expense of another country. I do think that will change. Um, Traditionally, the the countries that got the most of the tourism on the continent were in North Africa. So it used to be Morocco and Egypt. And then that shifted to South Africa. I think now we're seeing a shift in an interest in West Africa, specifically Ghana. Um, This is the year of return. So you're seeing a lot of movement, movement and a lot of activity. And their government has really gotten behind the movement. So you're seeing a lot of individuals who are looking to go to Ghana to sort of explore the, the heritage side um, and, and look at the slave history and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nalidi, um, you said South Africa. I was at a trade show, the New York Times show, and they had the lo- one, perhaps the largest booth of all, the South African Tourism Association. So is a lot of the traffic directed more recently south rather than north, or is it going to other places in, in the continent? I think it depends. I think you see a lot in at the New York Times travel show because, you know, South Africa tourism has a strong relationship with the New York Times, and, and they have a very sophisticated tourism board. I mm. would say they have one of the most sophisticated tourism boards across the continent. Mm. So they're very visible, and they see the value of partnering with the New York Times travel show. But I will say that there are an increasing number of individuals going to other parts of the country. In the last few years, I would say South Africa has had the largest market share, mm across the continent. So their efforts have been, you know, well spent. And I think that they want to continue to see growth. And so they'll continue to be present at things like the New York Times Travel Show and even, you know, mice and corporate uh, trade shows as well. There's a big international convention in Africa every year, yes, uh, on, on tourism? There is a few. There are? Yes, hmm. there are a few. And so they're actively promoting traffic? Yeah, they're actively promoting. I mean, you have, based in South Africa specifically, you have the World Travel Market, which takes place every April. Then there's Travel Indaba, which is in South Africa, which is probably the largest Mm -hmm. uh, travel trade show on the continent. And then you'll get various conferences that sort of cycle through different areas. You know, our conference is on the continent every year. So everything is about driving individuals to to the continent, but also building awareness, because I think that starts first in terms of people who don't necessarily think of Africa as a top of mind destination, whether it's for leisure or for business. It's first about building brand awareness, if you think in terms of brand Africa. So first, you have to build that awareness, build the awareness around the opportunities, whether it's from an investment perspective in the business or, you know, you can come to this particular destination and have a fantastic adventure experience, a dining experience, mm-hmm. engage in culture, whether whether it's theater, fine arts, whatever have you. And so I think that it's building on that, and that's going to generate interest, which will then drive increased traffic. In terms of traffic, I hear 
Um, safaris are, are perhaps among the most popular uh, vehicles uh, for travel from North America. Uh, they seem to be all over the place. I mean, companies that are promoting and marketing safaris. So is this a real a real thing? or? I mean, I think traditionally safari has been probably the most promoted experiences across the continent, even though if you look at the continent, the majority of the continent doesn't have a safari experience. Mm-hmm. But because there's a high cost value attached to safari, they're spending the marketing dollars. So then there's a perception, which is that safari is the activity to do, whereas it's just one of many. Mm-hmm. And so I think you'll still continue to see people from Europe and from North America want to have safari experiences. But I think you're seeing an increase in non-safari experiences. There's, you know, significant numbers of individuals who have no interest in safari and those numbers are growing. Now they, or they, or, or they'll during cross safari and cultural experiences, or I may come here and then spend a few more days in the city and engage in, you know, local culture. But safari spends the money. And mm-hmm. so that's why you see it. More. And it's a more affluent market. Now your organization markets throughout Africa yes. and different countries offer different incentives. Uh, is a passport Universal in Africa? Do you need one no, more passport? No, there's definitely no universal passport no. now. Um, that's one of the barriers a lot of times that people talk about. I don't think it's unique to to Africa, the continent, but just the visa issue, mm-hmm. right? I think and you, you're seeing a shift because countries are trying to figure out how do we make it easier for people to get visas? How do we make even intra-Africa travel easier? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll, you'll see the, the East Africa passport. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to start to see more regional passports or more acceptance if you get one visa then you can travel to multiple countries. And I think that there's a level of awareness in terms of the impact that making it easier to travel um, has on the, your tourism numbers. And so I think the governments are responding to that. In your office, do you have uh, materials of... Uh, brochures of uh, uh, various countries? I mean, We have some, but we, we tend to prefer to go digital. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everyone talks about sustainability and things like that. So while we do have some printed materials, we will drive people more so to the website um, because also the information is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And so even what you see in a brochure today in terms of an offering, there are new experiences popping up literally on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so we find that we can be the most dynamic and the most fluid by driving people to our website or to our partner websites. You know, we're not the end all in terms of an authority on what's happening on the continent. Mm-hmm. So we gladly drive people to respective country websites or partner websites who are doing amazing things in terms of experiences or events. What is your website? Um, so our website is either ataworldwide.org or worldtoafrica.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I've got Janella Garrett. She's traveled throughout Africa. She's a member of the New York Travel Writers Association, a dynamic organization here in New York City. They're members of travel all over the globe. But Janella is traveled throughout Africa. Janella, what do you think? Is Africa a destination? It's absolutely a destination. I fell in love with it. Um, My first trip to uh, a country other than Morocco or Egypt was in 2014 to Namibia. And since then, I've been going to Africa at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Mm. And what do you think? Is is it uh, uh, practical? Is it... uh, uh, is it economical? Can, is it affordable? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I can go, just about almost anyone can. Um, I started uh, going on a safari and a road trip uh-huh. in Namibia. Loved the landscape, loved the people, the culture, um, of course, the animals as well, and realized that each country had something different and unique to offer. And that's why I decided I've got to I've 
Mm-hmm. Explore more and more, and come to each country I've been to: Botswana and Zimbabwe, um, Zambia, Ethiopia, and um, Rwanda. That's when I really started getting into the culture. Um, I did a, uh, a road trip in Ethiopia, uh, saw the historical north, saw the uh, the lakes in the south, um, went to the northeast where the Danical Desert is, oh. climbed their uh, their highest volcano there. So yeah, I've been mixing adventure culture. And um, and animals and safaris. Is it easy to travel from country to country? Because Alita um, said you need different passports. I think you different s- visas. Yes. Oh, visas. Yeah. Usually, when I go, I spend my entire time in one country. But I did um, go to from Botswana to Zimbabwe, and um, I believe I got. I got two visas, but like you said, it was fairly easy that um, they had, you know, at the airport I could get it. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to go to get it before. In fact, every country I've been pretty much able to get it in the country when I landed. Eritrea is the only one where I needed to get a um, a, a visa beforehand. You usually travel in a group, or what is your preference? I've been going solo simply because um, you just never know when someone else is available, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that to impede me ever. So what I often do is um, I will do a lot of research, uh, find out what uh, what tour operators are there. Uh, of course, word of mouth, the more you go, the more you hear. Mm-hmm. I go to the New York Travel uh, show as well. And that's worked out really well. Usually, for instance, in uh, Rwanda and Ethiopia, I got my contacts from the New York Times Travel Show. Mm-hmm. And I set it up so that I had a driver who was also a guide. And I toured through the country with, with them. They drove. And um, I pretty much created my itinerary with them by doing research, reading where I wanted to go, what was important. We, I discussed it with them, and we, they put a package together for me. Hmm. Any uh, uh, exploit? <laughs> any experiences you've had that are worth noting? Uh, you want to tell our, our, our audience? Oh uh, gosh, every experience is worth noting. Um, there's just so much uh, variety and versatility. Um, as I said, um, the culture uh, is is tremendous in all of these countries. The history, you know, going to Rwanda and really mm. seeing uh, the history we all have read about. Um, was remarkable and, um, you know, just life-changing. Um, it really has taught me the importance of being uh, being connected to the world mm. and to other countries, to, um, to uh, I feel as if I know mine better as an American by traveling outside of my own country. So you're saying it's, it's easy to travel country to country so long as you have the documents in hand. And is there a, a preferred time of year? Is it fall, winter? Every country is a little different. You know, you have the um, southern uh, part that uh-huh. uh, experiences uh, the uh, the weather, the um, the seasons, and the reverse of ours. So that definitely goes into the planning um, as well. Rainy seasons as uh, as opposed to dry. Um, you know, I went to Botswana just uh, during their rainy season, and it was actually quite lovely. I was in the Okavanga Delta, mm-hmm. and to be, yeah, you know, seeing that green, rich 
Mm-hmm. landscape was really quite lovely. Going in the dry season is wonderful too. Um, you know, you see more because uh, the leaves mm-hmm. aren't on the trees. So there's something to be said almost every time of year. In uh, Ethiopia, the rainy season can be a, a problem because there are roads that, you know, you might not be able to travel on. So you have to sort of take it country by country, season by season, mm-hmm. you know, know what it is that you, you want. Rainy season can be wonderful for bird watching. You know, some people go during Mm -hmm. that time of year just because they know they'll see more birds. Mm. So uh, would you say, uh, Nalita, that Africa is also a four-season destination? I mean, is there a fall? Is there a spring? There definitely is a summer. I'm not sure if there's a winter, but... uh... Well, if you ask South Africans, there's definitely a winter. Oh, all right. (laughs) It might not be our type of winter. All right. Or as bad as our winter, but um, it's definitely sort of distinct seasons uh, between... It's not extreme winter. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, depending whether you're in sub-Saharan Africa and and where you are uh, across the continent, you'll get four seasons. They just won't necessarily be as extreme. And then some summers summers are excruciating, depending what you're used to. I'm, I'm, and I'm going sort of using U.S. as a baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, w- I would argue that going back and forth, especially to South Africa specifically, those bad winters are more like fall ah. here versus Is there a changing of the colors at all in, in, in South Africa, would you say? Yeah, I think you say, yeah, definitely. The trees Uh change, the grass changes, all of that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask another funny question. World Heritage Sites, is Africa, uh, do they have a a, a plethora of sites that's worth considering? There's over 100 UNESCO World Mm -hmm. Heritage Sites across the continent, and they vary from everything from castles to pyramids. Robin Island is a World Heritage Site, so it really depends what you're looking for. Some of the national parks are heritage sites, so they they range from landscapes to, to, you know, significant buildings. As I said, like the stone castles in Tanzania, there's some in Accra, some of the slave castles are World Heritage Sites. There's a historical... uh, uh, that are UNESCO sites. Oh, yep. man. There are nine. There are yeah. nine just in Ethiopia. Is that and a that's fact? one of the reasons yeah. I returned a second time. Yeah. Hmm. South Africa, Morocco, and Egypt, I think, have the most. And then Ethiopia's, and there's, a, I think, a couple of other countries that are in that nine range as well. If one accesses your website, Elita, can one pick up some of this info? Uh, yeah, because you can visit like via destination. If you look at the specific destinations, you can take a look at that or just some general highlights just in terms mm-hmm. of what Africa has to offer. And again, your website? It's um, ataworldwide.org or worldtoafrica.org. Huh. So world heritage sites, cultural diversity, uh, seasons of the year, all four. Um, and you, uh, Jadella, travel solo which tells me that, um, well, you have access and uh, you can handle it. Absolutely. And you did. Absolutely. And, you, well, and you I would recommend, recommend it. it. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so we were in South Africa for a moment. Now, Paul Mojaji, he is the artistic director with the South African Dance Company. Paul, is she on the level? Absolutely. Oh, no, I'm very proud. It's not uh-huh. every day you meet Americans that are this well-traveled. Because I would think from what I've seen, and I was at the South African Dance Festival this summer, 
Africa offers a lot in terms of cultural traditions, music, dance, and you are more involved in dance. So what's going on? Is South Africa the place for dance? Absolutely. It's booming. Um, I, I think we are living through the renaissance, actually, of culture and art and just development in that space. You know, we are seeing a lot of great artists across various spectrums from dance. I mean, with people like Dada Masilo, um, Greg Magoma, who are traveling globally, representing great work. Um, you also have amazing, amazing artists from Nigeria, Ghana, musically, that are just creating a sound that is shaping um, what music sounds like today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Trevor Noah, as you may very well know, is, you know, is a very famous South African comedian who's been doing rounds well before he actually did The Daily Show right here in America. So, you know, across Spectrum, you are really seeing quite a remarkable work coming from the continent. You know, um, for the first time, it seems like Africa is actually narrating its story. We are seeing a lot more work being told by Africans, I think, than any other time in history. And that's really changing quite the dynamics in terms of how the world sees Africa, but also how Africans see themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really like an incredible time right now. So there's an identity, uh, a consciousness in South Africa. Absolutely. Uh, that, uh, well, inspires, inspires uh, people around the globe to take notice. Absolutely. I mean, look, um, I think... Like I said, the, the change is not just external, it's also internal. As a young South African, I'm presently in production um, with a travel show that's traveling across 13 African countries mm-hmm. um, with, um, you know, promise to do more, more seasons as well, um, which shows that even young people, um, you know, for the first time are interested in the continent. I think if you look at traditionally... Um, you know, we used to have a culture where young people wanted to go to Paris, they wanted to go visit China and maybe the United States, but there was very little interest in Africa as a tourism destination. So, I mean, I, I know that before I traveled across the continent, I had been to at least 20 countries outside of the continent, mm-hmm. and I'd never been to Botswana or Namibia or Z- Zambia, which are literally neighboring. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing a lot more change now in terms of acceptance um, and um, the eagerness to want to understand culturally what other countries are like, what they have to offer. Um, from a fashion standpoint, you see it in the streets. So the continent is going through a revolution, I'd mm. say. And, and, and one sees it across various countries, not just in South Africa. Yeah. Amazing. And now, again, Nalita, I'm picking on you. Okay, so if I want to know what's going on in different countries in different months of the year, particularly in the terms of the arts, festivals, uh, carnivals. Can we access your site? You actually will be able to access that. We're actually um, launching a new site next week. Now that I've said it out loud, it has to happen. Um, and that was one of the things that we identified just even through um, sort of conferencing and talking to people in terms of not being a go-to place to just get information, even if it's at the top level and then the individual can do more digging. Um, everything was scattered. But I think that there's some key festivals, whether they're music festivals, dance festivals, all of those things that happen across the continent that people just want to have access to. And they do factor into travel decisions. So if I want to travel to, let's say, Nigeria, 
criteria what's happening in January of 2020. So those are the type of things that we want to make it easy to access that information. Mm-hmm. And then if we don't have it, maybe we can still push you towards a tourism board, but at least we can at top line mm-hmm. activities that would likely be of interest to people who are coming in. Because a lot of times people like to use events as anchors, um, you know, whether they're especially people who haven't been before. And you're seeing a lot of non-African events coming into the continent and then mm. they're doing sort of their African version. So then that's an opportunity to then tap into those audiences who are familiar with these global brands who are now have a presence on the continent. But if you don't know about them in advance, we can't capitalize on that. We can't capitalize on that brand affinity. So that's one of the reasons why those type of things like a calendar are so important. And so then when you're looking, you can identify oh, this brand that I'm familiar with is bringing a festival to Senegal or to South Africa or, mm-hmm. or to Ghana or what the case may be. I'm more, maybe more likely to make travel decisions based on that. Hmm. So, so that's each critical. country, each country has a calendar of events which would include music, dance, mm-hmm. fashion, fashion, art. art. Yeah. So Africa, while it's been dubbed as the dark continent, it's no longer the dark but continent. But dubbed by the d- dark continent by who, yeah. right? Like, oh. I don't think we ever thought it was the dark continent, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's what ha- what's happening is, I-, I would argue that, I don't like to use the phrase change the narrative because I think that's actually more reactive than proactive. I think what's happening is just that there's a new narrative is starting to drown out that older existing narrative, which said that Africa was the dark continent. And I think because there's so many new platforms, it's easier to, for those voices to be heard mm-hmm. in a way that they weren't heard before. Mm-hmm. So now it's sort of this... Africa's hot right now, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone wants African fashion. Afrobeats is like pop music now. You know, I, I hear it on the radio all the time. Even I just got songs s- that are two years old are like top songs, that, which is great. And a couple of weeks ago, I got to see Fela, uh, Nigeria. Yes? Yep. Yes. And uh, the music was phenomenal. This mm-hmm. was at the uh, summer stage that's here in New York mm-hmm. City. They did a full evening Tribute. Extraordinary African dancers, music, phenomenal music. The audience absolutely roared. I was there. <laughs> so, uh, Janella, am I right? You're Africa absolutely right. Absolutely. And speaking of art, we now have so many African writers who are being translated um, in in English. So many wonderful books coming mm-hmm. from an assortment of countries. Uh-huh. Now. Uh, Paul, I've got to ask you, since I saw the South African Dance Company here in New York, I live in New York, is there a lot for me to pick up on uh, dance companies, African dance companies? Absolutely. And can you tell us about that? Look, if you're in New York, you want to definitely research my TED dance company. Um, It is founded and artistic directed by um, a young South African young lady who's been living here for nine years, actually, um, Kinsani. Um, and she's doing amazing work. Um, I believe if you go on that website, mateta.com, um, you should be able to get a list of that performances for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe we also have Greg Magoma, who is like a very big South African choreographer who's, mm-hmm. who creates amazing, outstanding work, also coming down before the end of the year to um, showcase one of his mm-hmm. works as well. Um, so absolutely, South Africa in terms of dance um, is, mm-hmm. is... And music. Absolutely. And, I, and I go back to, because uh, I'm a jazz aficionado, you Masakila. I love him. I mean, I couldn't get enough of him, but he's passed on. Yeah. Although I 
he was South, he was from South Africa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, lived in New York, but every time he appeared, sold out. Mm-hmm. In New York City, sold out. Where? So sold out. Don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get near it. But I have another uh, 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 insight. More recently, I had dinner here in New York at a new African restaurant. Uh, and I'm just wondering, it seems that African cuisine, again, is popping up. And I'm just wondering that the popularity is becoming a bit extraordinary, and there are a number of cookbooks. Um, I I just say this because if you look around you, you're going to find South African cooking. And today I've got Akeem. It's okay. Because it's a Nigerian name. Yes, it is. And there's something coming up in October. I think it's in October. The African Restaurant Week. Yes. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, it's simply a celebration of African cuisine and culture here in New York. We're going to have different chefs, different restaurants. You'll be able to go to all these different places and have good food. How many African restaurants are in New York? Any idea? It just depends on what you... I mean, there are eateries, there are restaurants. How many above? Maybe 150. Oh! Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. And not a lot of people know that, and they're discovering African cooking from the various countries. So... Continue. That's in October? So it's in October. We kick off. Uh, so you're going to be able to go to different restaurants, uh, have a three-course dinner or a discounted dinner. We're going to have restaurants all over New York City mm-hmm. from different countries. In the five boroughs. Yeah. In the five boroughs, pretty much. Uh, but mostly concentrated in Brooklyn, Harlem, Manhattan, wow. you know, some in the Bronx. Uh, mm. we'll, we'll have, uh, we're going to have a two-day festival. We're going to have different cooking. You know, we're going to have different chefs doing cooking classes. Here? Here? Yeah. You know, we're going to have pop-up dinners by different chefs. We'll have a taste of Nigeria, a taste of Ghana, a taste of South Africa. You know, so we, you know, it's everything we've said about culture, you know, we, we're trying to bring it together mm-hmm. as part of the African Restaurant Week. We're going to have people doing fashion shows. We're going to have, so it's going to be a celebration of the cuisine and culture here in New York City. Mm-hmm. I stopped in at La Taranga. Taranga, yes. Brand new. Taranga, yes. Mm. And the chef Pierre. Pierre. He's written two cookbooks. Mm. Yeah, it's a Michelin star chef. On and on and on. Yeah. African chefs are writing. Yes. And we're learning. Absolutely. And we want to know more. And then the other restaurant I mentioned to you La Savane. La Savane. What did you have when you went there? Uh, I had a sampling. Mm. I had four. <laughs> a sampling. Okay. Because I love spices. And do you know that Africa has among the countries in, in, in the world the largest assortment of spices? That's if very you incredible. are into spice, mm. African cuisine is, mm-hmm. is the name of the game. Absolutely. And there are so many dishes you can choose from. And, um, well, you want to mention a few, Akeem? Well, I said, you know, popular jollof rice, tubujan. You know, if you go to if you go to South Africa, you have braai. You have uh, uh, remind me, uh, makodu. Uh, what's the street food? Pop. Pop. Uh, there's a street food uh, you guys have. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. In 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 West Africa, you can you can have suya. Uh, it's a Nigerian street food as well. Because, you know, you can have it in Ghana, uh, uh, Senegal. So it's, 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 there's a, 
there's so many dishes sometimes, and you can have asaro and wagoi. Yeah, I mean, there's mm-hmm. just so much. I I really don't know where to stop. <laughs> and the food is largely organic. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Natural. Absolutely. Uh, let's say an assortment of spices. Uh, and for the most part, if you part, like spice, definitely try out. Yeah. Food. And for the most part, as I've discovered, the price is right. They're not <laughs> as expensive as some of the others, and you'll love it. And it's a good a good sampling will keep you up for the whole day. <laughs> uh, do you have any favorite restaurants, African restaurants, Paul? Uh, um, there's do you actually have yes. any uh, we can know about? Right here in New York, actually. Huh? Like, um, Upper East Side, there's a new restaurant called Kaya that's just recently uh, opened yeah. as an African it's restaurant. There, yeah. And yes. where? It's yeah. fantastic, right? Um, Upper East Side. Yeah, Upper East Side. Yeah. See, that's new. Kaya. Kaya. Five years Pretty ago, new. it did yeah. not exist. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. Akeem, you have some favorites we can. Uh, well, for me, I'll say all the restaurants are my favorite. Unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> so, just one more time. <laughs> that festival is October. We're going to have a two day festival on October 12th and the 13th. Okay. As part of the Afri- the broader African restaurant week where we bring all the restaurants, the chefs. You know, and where, where where it's going to be in Harlem called Mist Harlem. Okay. Um, it's uh, expecting about. Three to four thousand people over the two days. Okay, how many uh, years have you been? It's going to be our seventh year doing seventh the, the year. New York African Restaurant Week. If our audience would like to know more, can they hook in with you? Could they absolutely pick up, uh, a website? You have one. com. com. So this is. October 12, 13? October 4 to the 20th is... Oh, the whole spread. You'll be able to go to different restaurants, uh-huh. enjoy three-course menu, enjoy special dishes. We'll have different things like cooking classes. Okay. Pop-up dinners by different chefs. We have some chefs traveling from different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we have chefs traveling from different parts of the country. You're going to be able to have different, I mean, different uh, taste of different countries from mm-hmm. different parts of Africa. Sampling, yeah. Sampling. I like that. And... and <laughs> And on October 12th and the 13th, we're going to have, we're going to bring all that energy in one space where we have the African Restaurant Week Festival. Sounds extraordinary. Now, I, I'm discovering that more um, spice shops, and there are a number of them here in New York, are now moving African spices into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Uh, the American uh, audience here are learning about African cooking. And you're having cooking classes, you said. Absolutely. So... Can I enroll? <laughs> Absolutely. We, we, we will have all the ev- all the cooking classes, the pop-up dinners on the website by September 7th. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to get all... Uh-huh. Because uh, traditionally, I've uh, sampled uh, uh, restaurants, particularly in North Africa. Moroccan was mm-hmm. one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, more recently. And there are a number of those here in New York. Absolutely. Nigerian restaurants. Uh no habits, one on the, in the village on 2nd Avenue. Very interesting new place. They serve the Africa House. NYU has an Africa House. Mm-hmm. Columbia University has an African Institute. So the big universities are opening up on Africa as a destination. So I, th- I suppose there's a lot to learn here. And we're starting to pick it up. And there are also uh, media vehicles. You know, there's a an African television network. It's out of California, an African television network. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, at the Africa Channel. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah they they yeah. they they one of our partners. For this Is year. that a fact? Yeah. Wow. And of course, here in New York, we have a number of newspapers: the Amsterdam News, yeah. the oldest African American newspaper in the, in in the U.S. So, uh, again, your your website for our audience: nyarw.com. Hmm. October 4th, 20. All the spices you need. October 4th, 20. <laughs> and then 13, 12, 13. In Harlem. In Harlem. All right. I want to be there. <laughs> so, food, fashion. African fashion is also um, significant. We have a place in New York City I visited recently called the Shabazz Market. Yes. It's on 116th Street. Or Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. If you want to see African fashions, a variety, this is the place. I mean, not only uh, fashion wear, but accessories, mm-hmm. cosmetics. I use some of their lotions. Actually, <laughs> you can smell it. Um, you know, I use a, a bar, a bar. And so, if you're in town in New York, 116th or Fifth Avenue, seven days a week. Shabazz Marketplace. Anyway, so back to uh, the landscape. Uh, Ganella, any time is good to travel in Africa and easy to yes. navigate? Yes, I find that to be true. Um, I've gone in December. I've gone in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone in November. The only time I haven't gone is in the middle of our summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly a time that I am able to get off mm-hmm. more than really sure. the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and the different countries that you visited have a different culture. Yes. Each unique unto themselves. Yes. In food, you know, in, the, in the area of, of taste, each has a different style of cooking. Yes? I yes. Mean, um, if I go to Ghana or Nigeria, would it be different than... Morocco and Ethiopia? Absolutely. 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 You have, uh, going back to Ethiopia again, the Anjira, you know, very Mm -hmm. popular, very Mm -hmm. well known. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Ethiopia is loaded, as I understand, with World Heritage Sites. Alita, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, even like the churches of Lalabella, they, you know, I think they have the most churches and uh, religious sites in mm-hmm. the world by how, however they calculate that. And, and so I think, as I was saying, there's so much diversity across the continent just in terms of type of heritage sites, mm-hmm. and, and Ethiopia has some of those sites. Another thing that comes to mind, because of the different ethnic religions in Africa, are there um, many uh, international religious assemblies, conferences? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I think in, you in see Nigeria. that, yeah, acro- across the continent. I think, and there's a swell of sort of, I would say there's a religious renaissance too, just in terms of yeah. participation. Uh-huh. Um, and so you see those conferences, whether they're local or regional or continental just sort of you know africa wide mm-hmm. first and you have the mega churches just like you have here oh yeah you know yes. Yes, i read same. a lot of that i mm-hmm. see a lot of that some of the largest churches in the world are located there mm-hmm. uh in terms there's some of, mosques which are also heritage uh-huh. sites across the continent you'll find as well so is there enough religious tolerance uh the question in different countries i mean or is that you know Country to country. I honestly think it's country to country. I, 
I personally, in my travels, haven't seen it as an issue, but I, but it exists. I know that. But I think it does vary depending on what country that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, the United Nations gets involved in this, and they promote market uh, to the different countries to attract, you know, either global attention or traffic of people. I mean, I assume that's... Probably yeah, I think do. any any of those issues like that the UN gets involved with, whether it's the UN or the UNWTO, whose focus is tourism, it applies to Africa. But they do it in Europe as well or North America. So and the European all of Union. Those, yeah, so Isn't all of those issues position? like child trafficking or anything else, I think mm-hmm. is a it's a global concern. Mm-hmm. So I think every and then you'll see even some countries are very strict about traveling with children. I think that was an issue for South Africa uh, to address that. They wanted to make sure in in order to address some of those UN concerns. They're very strict in terms of documentation for traveling with children Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think it's a global concern and the African nations are complying with the global policy in Mm -hmm. terms of whether it's trafficking or religious Mm -hmm. tolerance or anything else. Canelo, did you find it easy to travel country to country via car or van or caravan? How did you do Mm -hmm. it? Well, my travels, my road trips within the countries were usually in a in a car, in a in a in a van. Mm-hmm. Um, from country to country, I usually flew, mm-hmm. and sometimes in long distance distances. For example, in Zimbabwe, going from Wange National Park, mm-hmm. which is on the western uh, part of the country, and going to Mana Pools, which is in the eastern part, mm-hmm. um, I. I took a, a small plane, mm-hmm. uh, a little That's Cessna, which was an adventure. <laughs> um, there was a period of time in Botswana, too, that I was doing these short uh, Cessna flights. And yes, that became, you know, an exciting, adventurous part of the whole trip as well. To see the landscape from above mm-hmm. is a totally different experience. I mean, the, the experience the, to the, see all the magnificent animals, you know, in the, in the continent is just loaded with, with these magnificent creatures. And you mentioned Victoria Falls. Yes. Um, I took falls. a helicopter ride over the falls. Is it which absolutely? Which was enchanting. It was, it was marvelous mm-hmm. beyond expectations, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul, being from South Africa, wine, South African wine, to me, is among the best in the world. Can you... Uh, can yeah. you add to that? Or? Absolutely. I mean, I don't drink wine, and even I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely the land of wine. And, like, you know, we spoke about how organic most things are in, in Africa. So I think we also have the best conditions, I believe, for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, for growing grapes. The grapes and, yeah. yeah. So we absolutely have a, wi- a wide variety. You mm-hmm. know, white wine, red wine, you mentioned it. I mean, one of the most amazing things to do if you do ever come to South Africa is to make sure you do the wine route in Cape Town. It is iconic and, yeah, Mm. absolutely fantastic. Can you visit the different wineries in South Africa? I mean, is it open to the public? Absolutely. You can make an entire day of it, actually, like just going from one winery to the next. Uh, Are some of them open for lodging? Some of the wineries you can day stay or overnight? Yep. And a lot of the the wine areas are actually trying to start to promote as destinations. So you'll Mm -hmm. see like Stellenbosch Uh is like visit Stellenbosch. Like don't just come for the day, but stay for the weekend. And, you know, because you can imagine with the vineyards, there's 
it's great for bike riding, mm-hmm. it's great for hiking and all of those things. So how do we make this? It's not just a tasting experience, but a full-blown destination experience. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that as well. So that's open, open Absolutely. to the public. Now, I was thinking, uh, the, the, the rim of South Africa on the uh, eastern coast is supposed to be among the most beautiful terrain oh. in Africa, I've been told. That area is... Um, the, the, that particular area. Eastern Cape. Yes. Yeah. And, and it is also the home of Nelson Mandela as well. So uh-huh. it's very iconic. We have a lot of um, iconic leaders. So from a historical standpoint as well, it's very rich. And um, the Kosa people um, remain um, one of the most iconic and uh, remarkable, I'd say, cultural groups to ever visit. You know, they remain very true and rooted to their roots. So you can take that experience as well. And as you said, the coastline is breathtaking. White sands, you know, clear blue seas. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's picturesque. What about the ocean? Uh, the uh, uh, the shore, the shoreline, the beaches. Mm. I mean, they have to be among the most extraordinary. Absolutely I mean, breathtaking. You know, we're talking yeah. world class here. And- and I believe this is a thing about about Africa in general, and even South Africa in particular. Mm-hmm. But you know, you travel ten kilometers and you're in a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. You know that you have all this large sum of various experiences and um, destinations, and you know, landscapes, and so much to take in. Mm-hmm. That, like most people say, even a month is not enough mm-hmm. in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Uh, again, I'm back. <laughs> I can't help this, but she knows so much more than I do. Uh, Nalita, do you propose or promote uh, multiple package tours, uh, like if you want to go to three countries? Or? So at our organization doesn't necessarily book travel per se. So we don't necessarily But you can, pro- you pro- can pro- advise. But we advise. And so a lot of our members do. So we encourage people that when they are traveling, you know, we, we, we know some vetted tour operators. So if they have questions, sometimes have we get a lot of, yeah, yeah. We have access to that information. And people will ask us for recommendations or referrals. They'll try to vet certain operators. And if we're familiar with them, you know, we can, we can provide any type of feedback. But we do encourage people to you know either book on their own we can give advice if you're using a tour operator here are some tips or you know we try to also encourage multi-country visits similar to like you know when people are going to a destination in europe they're almost never just going to one country they're all i know i I personally do that i'm always thinking okay you can point us to a multiple right so what else makes sense if you're going to south africa where else does it make sense to hit if you're going to kenya where else does it make this make sense to hit during your travel so that you can have a multi-country experience and i think even the countries are starting to collaborate more strategically to drive that as well because the reality is if one country wins on the continent everyone wins so we should all sort of be collectively collaborating to to mm-hmm. increase it's the way to go isn't traffic. it multiple country multiple country tour. and you could advise on packaging and or tour operators right. that do we that do the packaging. and be it uh, fit small mid mid-size or even groups yeah. groups conferences uh-huh. all of the above and africa does a lot of conferences they do they do a lot of conferences but again there's still so much opportunity because what happens is a lot of interest national organizations are only familiar with a few regions. So you'll see that Cape Town gets a lot of conferences, Mm -hmm. um, even within South Africa. Uh, Kenya was getting a lot of conferences Mm -hmm. for a while. And um, Ghana is starting to put a lot of investment in terms of their convention bureau and building out a convention bureau. So they're looking to drive traffic there. 
Uh, but people aren't as familiar with, say, Rwanda, which has world-class conference facilities. Mm-hmm. They've um, invested very strategically in their facilities. I think over the last five years, they have three new conference centers. Their IT and telecommunications is top-notch, the connectivity across the country. So I think that there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of um, exposing you know, conference and meeting organize- organizers to other regions across the country. Mm-hmm. Continent, uh, sorry. You can... Choose a, a plethora of, of air carriers, yes? I mean, there are African air carriers. African air There's carriers. S-A-S-A. South African, Air, um, Ethiopian Airlines. Um, Rwanda Airways is soon going to be flying nonstop from New York to Kigali. Wow. That's coming. Kenya, you know, now mm-hmm. flies nonstop from Nairobi to New York. And that also drives up. Connectivity is always an issue. You know, in the past, I've had to fly back to Europe to fly back to another African country after being in Morocco. So those can be challenges. Um, the Middle Eastern Airlines fly, you know, whether it's Etihad, Emirates flies. United is now going to start flying straight from Newark to Cape Town. You hear starting that? this December. Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, I think connectivity, Visa is one challenge that we're getting over. Connectivity is another challenge. And you're seeing more and more routes open up. Um, Uganda Airlines is, is starting to relaunch now to, to sort of open up the East African market, which Ethiopian had a lock on. So I think you're finding that a lot of airlines are increasing routes or creating routes, and that's because of demand. I don't think they would do it unless that they saw that there would be a demand or interest mm. in increased travel. There's also an interest to fly to the islands off the coast of Africa. Uh, you know... Like Marissa, Seychelles. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. And there, too, separate culture. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Completely separate. Uh-huh. And even within one country, yeah, you'll have... How many tribes and languages? I, I think, think South I Africa think has 14 groups. official languages. Right. Mm-hmm. Official. And so I think that's very telling just I, As a foodie, and, and Akinwa might not approve of this, but as a foodie, can one do a tour, a, 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 um, a, a culinary tour of some of the countries in Africa? Oh, absolutely. I mean, rather than just one or two? Absolutely. I mean, can I do like five or six if I had... I think it just comes down to how much time you have. Right, exactly. And then then I think you'd also be surprised, as as different as things are, where the similarities are. Like, oh, that's your name for this? Oh, well, we call it this. You know, there's certain things that, as different as we are, there's some connective tissue, especially that you'll find around food. And I think that alone is you're seeing more and more of that. And when people are coming, they want to learn how to cook the food there Mm -hmm. from, you know, in someone's kitchen or in an organized fashion. And and. Trips are revolving around food, just as they are when people are going to Italy or people are going to, mm-hmm. to France and, and revolving their experiences around culinary experiences. That's happening on the continent now, as well. Now, Akeen, at Africa Restaurant Week, will I be able to experience the different foods from different countries? Oh, absolutely. Um, um, I mean, different. I mean, definitely the, the, the restaurants serve different kind of foods mm-hmm. already. And we're also going to have different chefs. Mm-hmm. Um in New York City, a lot, some of, we have 54 countries in Africa, so not every country is represented mm-hmm. in the restaurant. Not every African country mm-hmm. has their own specific restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, so, but during African restaurant, we have different chefs that represent that country that will be here during African restaurant mm-hmm. week. They'll be able to say we're doing a taste of Mozambique, mm-hmm. for instance, we're doing a taste of 
Congo, mm. you know, uh, for example, or we're doing a Congolese cooking class. What an so adventure! It, yeah, so it's yeah, it's like bringing Africa here in in some mm -hmm. in, in some sense. So we're yeah. discovering Africa. Yeah, and uh, well, let's say you said October four. Yeah. Well, we're a little ways from there, but I got it down on the calendar. <laughs> and, on October uh, four, by the way, we we doing this thing called Odyssey across Africa at the James Beard. We're gonna have eight female chefs. Uh, making food from different countries, from different parts of the At Africa. the James Beard House here? Yes. Ooh, yes. That's good. right here in Midtown. Yes. I mean, I know. Uh, I think downtown on West so, 12th. Uh, West uh, 12th, yeah. 12th Street, I think. 12th Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we're going to have eight to nine female, female chefs cooking food mm. from Congo, uh, from Nigeria, Ghana, mm -hmm. Zimbabwe. Wow. You know, so it's, we're going to have... Mm. And you say there are about 150... African restaurants well, in New York City. If, depending on what you call them. I know, different styles, different types. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, because I go into a fast food place. If it's good, real good, hey, that's for me. Absolutely. And the price is right. There so go. there you go. Thank anyway, you. one last time, your website for Africa. N-Y-A-R-W.com. Uh, okay, that's... Uh, New York uh, African Africa Week, Culinary Week. <laughs> you got to try it. Yeah. Uh, can I get your uh, website one more time, Nalita? Because yes, you know a, a lot of Africa we don't even even get <laughs> close to. Um, it's either ataworldwide.org or worldtoafrica.org. Okay. Ganella, do you have a website? You I have, have an Instagram oh, where we'll, I we'll feature photographs. Yeah, I'm a photographer as well as a travel writer. Okay. So you can see many of You're travel um, friendly, yeah? Yes, very okay. much so. And you can uh, find my Instagram uh, by my name, G-I-A-N-N-E-L-L-A, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. Right, okay. And Paul, do you have a site that we... Uh, look, I have three, but I think I'll give my personal, and you can get the links to the other ones. Okay. So, com, M-O-D-J-A-D-J-I.com, com. That's my website. So, uh, you're going back to South Africa, yes? Indeed. In fact, I'm flying straight to Namibia when I land. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, here, here in the New York area and in the U.S. of A., uh, did you foster... Uh, the attraction of South African dance and Dance Africa. Uh, were you able to uh, expose? Uh, uh, New York is always an amazing place to exchange and to network. Um, I've previously been here actually to promote a film I was working. I, I choreographed mm -hmm. um, "Hear Me Move," which was actually at the time the first African film dance film to be ever. And there is an African film um, genre. I mean, Absolutely. there's a, a whole. Uh, network of, of African film. Totally. And produced in the different countries of Africa or just one uh, over the other? Or? The one I particularly worked on was just based in South Africa. So we were celebrating 20 years at the time um, of um, South Africa's democracy. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to tell the story through the eyes of young Africans at the uh -huh. time, using dance as, as, a, as a driving medium for the film. Um, and it was released just two years, I think, ago. Three years ago, so two years from the time that we filmed, because films take forever in post uh -huh. um, to see out. Um, but yeah, I remain I remain in contact with a number of dance companies in, on the continent. I collaborate with a number of uh -huh. artists on the ground. Um, there's um, an, a South African musician called Melanie Scholz, who okay. I do a lot of work with around as well when I'm in town. So yeah. And uh, films at Lincoln Center, the Lincoln Center Film Festival, they have a component, I believe, 
Afri films of Africa, African films uh, annually. So there's another avenue for you. Absolutely. Uh, so I guess we're saying there's enough to get your your hands wet <laughs> because Africa offers an enormous amount of variety, art, mm -hmm. music, dance, food, wine, That's and all true. the destinations. And I like the idea of doing a a multiple tour of Africa, maybe three, four, five countries, mm -hmm. take a month out. And Janela, you said easy to ride, easy to travel? Yes, yes, easy. Um, it's just a flight away. Mm -hmm. um, I usually do one country at a time because I usually write about them. But the times that I have done multiples have been quite exquisite, like the time I did Zimbabwe and Botswana mm -hmm. and Zambia, actually. It was a three-country trip right there on the Zambezi River. Uh, Victoria Falls was sort of the centerpiece. Um, each country had its own special, unique value. So you can't go wrong. All right. Uh, just another point. Um Nalita, if one needs more info on the documents for each country, could you could we right. uh, well, get you to pitch in? We, we can help if, if there's something specific. So we typically tend to point towards the the specific countries, like Home Affairs or whoever mm -hmm. handles their their visa policies, because they they tend to shift and sometimes they change the laws and we don't know. Give it to so us we as we current. direct you uh -huh. to to those areas so that you can look for yourself just in case we we don't want to give you the wrong information. But even now on the next site, all the um, information point is pointing to all the various tours and board pages so that you can go in and see what their visa. And you could put us are. in touch with the various oh, tours and board. Yeah? yeah, that's the easiest part. All yeah. right and. You could tell us what's going on in each country, like big annual well, high, festival. High level, yeah. As long as yeah. it's public, because that's what we've been working on, is curating all of that information. So, Because all the information is there. Mm -hmm. It's just not all in one place. Well, so, oh you know, working to put that somewhere where you can, it's easily accessible. Where are the film festivals? Where are the music festivals? Mm -hmm. And things like that. Could you also put us in touch with events related here in the U.S. of A.? Yeah, we, we try to do that. We don't have a calendar as such in terms of like the Africa events, but we've been we try to track events like Akeen's events when he has it, we'll advertise them, Africa related events. There's a lot of events that happen during like the United Nations General Assembly, um, whether it's trade shows UN or Week, events. Yeah. yeah, UN Week. Ah. Um, we try to either help promote or at least put them on our events calendar as well. So we, we try to do that. We don't track them as heavily, I can say, as mm -hmm. events on the on the calendar, but we try to stay on top of things because what are all these new carriers coming uh, new car carriers are coming into US of A hey Africa is a is a is a yes. doorstep absolutely all it's right. just a plane right away all right all right this is Michael and let's travel radio we're so pleased to have our guests here today who can talk about Africa as a destination what to do what to see where to go the sampling <laughs> Africa Food Week uh, oh man I'm down for it so call your travel agent your tour operator or call the African Tourism Association here in New York or any of our guests and they'll put you in touch Michael on Let's Travel Radio www.letstravelradio.com we'll see you soon enjoy and travel to Africa Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come on and fly with me 
Let's fly, let's fly away.